he's got all the all the technology over here. I got it turned off my tender notifications, Alex. Sorry about that, man. They're blowing yeah, up right no, now. That's, that's an important thing. Eight a.m. in the morning is peak time for that stuff. He's got yeah. three cell phones, two iPads over here. All right, where's the? Uh... Oh yeah, come on. There we go. All right, we're ready to get started. Hit it. doing this welcome to between two furnaces i am your host luke wyden with my co-host matt big cat barbosa howdy everybody what's going on not much man just got it's freezing out here that's what's going on saturday february 6 2021 it is officially cold as f outside here Yes, it is. It's what, about zero degrees, two feet of snow in Chicago? Miserable. Miserable, and the furnaces are dropping. Yes, they are. So today, we have a very, very special guest again, once again, and he is... Alex Sales manager at AccuTemp in Baton Rouge. Alex, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Glad Alex. to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Um, so you are the sales manager down at AccuTemp. Tell us a little bit about uh, your team. How many guys, gals do you uh, manage? And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what your team looks like. Yeah, so I have four design consultants. That's, uh, that's what we call our sales guys. And we're uh, bringing on a, a fifth guy real soon, getting geared up for the summer. Um, and then I've got Katie, our, uh, our sales coordinator, or sorry, uh, yes, lead coordinator. Um, they're all, all on my team. Awesome. You know what's funny, Big Cat, is wherever you go around the country, they got different names for us. Design consultants. Salespeople, comfort, comfort advisors, advisors, project managers, what else? Estimator, yeah. sales engineer. You know, it all boils down supervisor to sales. Yeah, super. I like the project manager. I think that's the funniest one. Sounds important. It sounds very important. We're just salespeople. Just sales guys. <laughs> that's it. So, Alex, tell us a little bit about how you got into this industry, a little bit about your background, because I know you are are from the car world, right? The auto yeah. World. So actually, I uh, I got my degree in education and taught biology and physics for a while. Um, so one of the guys. Guy. Oh yeah, yeah. That's wild. I was a physiology exercise uh, physiology major too. I was uh, doing a little bit of research on you. I had to polish up my Aggie ring talking to an LSU <laughs> grad today. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I taught middle no, school. I, uh, that's cool. Yeah, so, so I, I went that route as well. I actually did the kinesiology degree um, with the purpose. I knew I wanted to teach biology. Um, that was my my big thing. But it was a quicker route to get to the school. So I, uh, I taught biology and physics for a while. And then one of the guys that I actually went to, went to LSU with um, got into car sales and convinced me over beers that it was a worthwhile venture. Uh, and and it was, you know, I, I did, I, I was on the floor for a while um, and then got into finance, which was a, a blast. I really enjoyed it. Um, and while I was doing that, I started eating dinner. Me and my wife started eating dinner with another couple and uh, Bridget McIntyre was 
Uh, Go Tigers! Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she, she just moved to Denver, but she was our service manager at Accutim at the time. And she just kind of told me like, hey, this is an incredible place. Uh, I think you, you would do really well here. You ought to come solve for us. Um, and I got to be honest, when she started talking about like an air conditioning company or an HVAC company, I was like, well, that doesn't sound terribly, <laughs> you know, glamorous. That's uh, <laughs> when, I, when I first heard about it. Um, but she, she sold it enough for me to meet with, uh, the owner of Accutown and I uh, sat down with Josh over lunch and he just, he told me about a place that was just unbelievable. I mean, I, I still to this day describe Accutemp as a unicorn company because it, it shouldn't exist, but for whatever reason it's real and it does. Um, so awesome. I, uh, I jumped over to the team, um, Shortly thereafter, meeting with Josh, and that was you know, about a year and a half ago, and it has been amazing. I've, I've so, how long it. how long did you do the uh, auto sales? I did sales for about a year, did finance for about two. Okay, no. So, what 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 helped you from that environment come into this environment? What kind of qualities or or traits did you learn over there that apply here? Yeah, that's a great question. So the honestly, the repetitions with customers is, is one of the biggest things. I mean, in in HVAC, if you're running, you know, four leads a day, uh, for us, that's that's just a really really stout load. Yeah. Where in car sales, I mean, you can get really as many reps as possible, and and you know you can escape people and get however many ups you want with uh with customers. So. There's lots of opportunity to do that. Um, tons of just really easy objections to, to work through. Um, but the big thing, actually, when I went to uh, finance training, we really dug in to just a, a, a pretty scripted process um, and learned how to build rapport quickly. Um, that was one of the biggest things was going through that training and learning how in, in five minutes, do I, do I talk to somebody in a way that they really start to, to trust me and like me. And, um, you, you only really buy from people that you like. So That's that true. was just a super important thing is being able to, to jump in with somebody, um, in an office that, I mean, I don't know what y'all's opinions of the finance office at a car dealership is, Sucks. but it's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody likes that experience. So being able to, to work with people and, and talk with people and um, really be transparent about the process too. I mean, my favorite interaction in finance was working with, um, there was a, a father-daughter, um, which I, I'm, I'm a dad now. So I, I can't even imagine my daughter going into a finance office, like knowing like, <laughs> right. right, you're, you're about to get, you know, Eating alive. Taking advantage of, and that's just not a good situation. So um, it was a father-daughter sitting right across from me, and I just started off with, hey, I, I know this is a really challenging thing. Like, you know, Dad, you're, you're seeing your, your daughter go through her first car purchase. Um, I'm so glad you're here for this. If it's okay with you, I would love to teach your daughter a lot about this process so that the next time or, or whenever she goes through this process by herself, she's not taken advantage of. Um, so jumping into like learning, learning uh, how to really dig in with a customer, how to have conversations that, that generate, um, rapport and trust and, and those kinds of things in an authentic way, um, I'd say was 
the absolute biggest thing that I learned from from car finance that I've taken awesome. into HVAC. Very cool. Quick little follow up for you. I feel that um, there's probably no other environment where customers are like as guarded to building rapport as possibly like on the the car lot. Um, oh, absolutely. When you're in the home, you get to sit down at their kitchen table. I feel like things are sometimes it's a challenge, but it's a little a little easier in the home. Different, yeah. What's your biggest tip for like? Even if it's in the car lot, but like building rapport quickly, instantly. Yeah, how do you, instantly. How do you do it instantly? Let's hear it. Yeah, so I, I'm big on the the idea of reciprocity. Um, I think that's a that's a huge thing. If you can share a drink with somebody, even if it's you know, hopefully you bring them something. Um, but even if it's just asking that person for a drink, um, right. if if you're doing something like that, I mean, it's so easy on the car lot. You get somebody coffee. Um, a little That's bit more difficult. Got coffee. Hey, I got a pass by pass. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> but pass by Starbucks on the way to, uh, to your house. I mean, that's a, a great way to do it. But, um, that bit of reciprocity, being able to sit down and share a drink with somebody, if you're, if yeah. you're doing something and you're, you're comfortable in that situation with a homeowner in the same way that they would be sitting down with a friend. Um, they're going to think of you that way. Yeah. And it's not, it's not my original idea by any means, but I, I definitely, it's, it, it's funny you bring that up. Cause we were literally just talking about this Remember, uh, Thursday, silver cat was saying how he, nine, 99% of the time he does the, um, Starbucks on my way. And he says 99% of the time people decline because of COVID now, but he says the majority of the time when he gets there, there's a cup right. of coffee waiting for him. So it, it still does, works. The magic still, still works. works. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that just goes to show like so many people, you no, know, and I, I go ahead. Go ahead. I think there's a little delay. So oh yeah. No problem. We'll deal with it. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I, I think that's a good illustration to the point of like, uh, with sales processes, you know, whether it's a technician or a, a sales guy, um, they'll do a process and it doesn't work one time and then they stop doing it forever just because of that one time they think, oh, shoot, it's always going to be that way. Um, and like Greg proves that if you just stick to the process, even if they say no 99 out of a hundred times, it, the process is still working. It's there for a reason, you know, and I think that's an important point to sales processes. Go Tigers. No, and there's that, there's Coach always a learning piece. curve. So you're going to start off with, you know, you're, you're right here. So maybe you're closing it at 40%, just jumping into HVAC sales because you're good enough to make it on the, the Del Joe team. Like, you know, you're starting off at 40%. And then you learn this process and you try and implement something new. And all of a sudden, you're not great at your new process and it dips down a sure. bit. Um, so I, I believe if you stick to that process, just like you're saying, and I loved, I, I did get to meet Greg. I mean, once you implement it and your, your sales go up, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's great, but it's, it is easy to get discouraged because you see that initial dip. Yeah. I've got uh, a design consultant right now that just came back from training and he's having, uh, yeah, just the, the growing pains, you know, from, from that initial, like, all right, I'm going to try some new things. Um, sometimes you'll, you'll mix words or it comes off as, as until you're comfortable with it, it can come off pretty scripted. Um, so I think he's having a little bit of pushback and a little bit of trouble biting into it right now. But I, I know as he gets more comfortable, as it becomes something that's just second nature, he can work in all the important kind of key things that that process is supposed to do when he can do those and it's natural, 
I, I can't wait to see what he's able to do. Yeah, we, we talk about internalize and naturalize a lot. Like, it take there is a process to learn that new step, internalize it, naturalize it before you really are going to take off. So, uh, Alex, I know that you're you are really good at finding uh, design consultants from outside the industry and training them, and and, and tell us a little bit about how that person listening, um, you know, maybe maybe they're maybe they're just a service tech listening now. I know we have some service techs that listen or installers, but even further beyond that, like people different industries, I know you've brought in, trained them up, and they're rocking and rolling. Tell us a little bit about that process and how it works for you. Yeah, so my biggest thing, and I, I see this in interviews, and one of the guys I actually knew before uh, beforehand, he was actually the guy that sold me my car like yeah. eight years ago. Um, I ran into him at lunch with one of my other design consultants, and he was he was looking for a job, and I knew like right off the bat, this guy was straight. If you can impress me as a car salesman, <laughs> uh, that says a lot. But yeah. this guy did phenomenal follow up. He was so personable. Um, I really just like the guy, you know, I, he's, he's, he was awesome. So he was a, a natural on the team. Um, but I think what I, what I look for in those guys, uh, are just people that are really good at interacting with people. And that's the, that's the key. If you can, if you can communicate well, um, and, you know, with, with HVAC in particular, having just a, 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 a deep theoretical understanding of HVAC, to the point where you can break it down in just an incredibly simple way to, to homeowners. I think that's sometimes what happens is um, we get too technical with homeowners because we do understand it at a, at a deeper level. Right. Um, but I think the people that understand it the best can explain AC in just some super simple metaphor, explain all of our, all of our offerings in just a, a really easy story. And customers are like, I love it. I love what it does for me. Let's, Let's make that happen. So um, for the guys that are listening that that might be interested in moving into HVAC sales, practicing those skills, um, being able to, to ask really great questions um, that kind of remove you from a conversation. Like I I love the the people that I can sit down with in an interview or you know outside of work, whatever it is. And if I realize I'm the one that starts talking a ton. I know that they're good at communicating because it's, yeah. it's frequently my goal. It's not, I, I want to learn about somebody. <laughs> so I'm asking these open-ended questions. And if I find myself monologuing for forever, it's like, huh, you asked a really good question. And, and I think that's a, a good thing that you could do with a customer too. So. Good. That's huge. <clears throat> you talk about, you know, understanding and helping the customer understand. Um, I feel like one of my strengths, and I bet you'll agree with this as a former educator is, you know, analogy is communicating with customers. Um, and my, one of my favorite things is when a customer's like, now you're speaking my language when I'm able to connect with them. Do you have any like go-to analogies that you love for HVAC or, um, yeah, I, I would bet that they're car, yeah, car probably the, the go-tos are hard for me. A lot of them, I just kind of come up with on the spot. Um, let me think of, I, I was recently talking to a lady about, and we actually just closed on our system, um, about a heat pump. And, oh yeah, we were talking about, uh, the, the differences between an electric system and a heat pump. And it didn't require a whole bunch of stuff other than, you know, your current heater works like, you know, an old light bulb where it's got a piece of metal that just gets super, super hot. And that's what heats up the air in your home. 
So just that little analogy of your, your current front ear, sorry, your current air handler being like a light bulb gave her an, an idea of how a heat strip works without ever throwing in a bunch of jargon. Sure. Um, and then being able to say that uses a lot more electricity than running your air conditioner in reverse. Right. Uh, which is what a heat pump does. Instead of taking heat from inside and dumping it outside, we're taking heat from outside and dumping it inside. Boom. So, Simple. Um, and just, you know, I, I've, I'll get into a situation with a customer where they have a question and that is, I think just kind of an educator thing. You're quickly able to come up with these analogies based on whatever that customer is familiar with. So I think that's a, a hard question to answer because I always, I want to tailor the way I'm explaining something to, to a person based on what we've talked about so far. Uh, so whatever it is that, that they understand, whatever it is that they care about, is what I want to tailor, you know, a, a response to. Go Tigers! That, that's our amen today. Is the uh, Go Tigers, Coach O's. Go Tigers! Let's hear your I best love, Coach. Yeah, o. let's hear your best Coach O. Go Tigers! <laughs> there it oh, is. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's great. <laughs> so, Alex, uh, what you know, and I deal with this a lot. What what advice would you give your one of your team members that's in a slump? Yeah. So, um, anybody that's in a slump, I mean, I want to do ride alongs with them, but they can do a ride along with themselves if they're using their, their, uh, curbside. I think yeah. that's the, that's the biggest thing is, is jump in with the curbside. Um, make sure you're constantly doing some self-reflection because I mean, I've had, uh, she, one of the, the guy talked about a bit ago that was, so be my car. I mean, he was in a, a slump for a little bit and he started doing it and he recognized a piece yeah. of his process that was missing. Um, he worked on that and it, it got better. So I think doing a, a curbside evaluation or just really any sort of self-reflection afterwards, um, particularly the, the backside of the, the curbside form, if you're using, I think we both use the yeah. same one, but uh, more deep questions about, Hey, what did this customer want to see? Where did, where did their objections come in? What could you have done in your process to work on those objections earlier? So, you know, an example of that, we, uh, I did a ride along with one of our guys this week and very early in the process, like in our explore step, um, this customer mentioned that his wife keeps the thermostat, you know, wherever. And, uh, I was, I, it's so hard for me just to sit. <laughs> um, I want to, I want to jump in and, and ask the questions that if there's something that I know that got missed, gotta bite your tongue. um, yeah, but I, I stayed out of it and we passed right over, um, his spouse. And there was another opportunity later where we passed right over his spouse again. And I'm, I'm knowing by this point, you know, it was halfway through the call. I'm like, I know this guy's going to object. Say I have to talk to my spouse yeah. and we're not going to sell this. Um, and sure enough, you know, an hour later, we're sitting down at the table. We presented options. Well, I got to talk to my spouse, and there was nothing we could do at that point that was gonna gonna bring it back from from the dead. Um, just start a good follow up plan. But that's what we identified later was, man, if I had early in the in the, in the call when he first mentioned his spouse, like got her name and right. started bringing him to the call, we would have had an opportunity to close this one, um, even as it, you know the the one legger. Um, we would be able to do a lot better on it than, uh, than we did. 
So I think having that curbside is critical where you can identify things like that and, and go back and do better on them. Um, yeah, that awesome. and ride along. Awesome. I think are the big things. So those who are listening, the curbside is, uh, we won't mention the organization because we are not uh, allowed to, but uh, the curbside evaluation is basically just evaluating your process after you get done with the call, step-by-step, step, how you did, Call it scale one to five on each and every step of the process, right? And it's self-reflection. It, it, it makes a big difference because if you just continue to go in these calls and do the same thing over and over, you're not going to get any better, right? So self-evaluation is, is very important. Now, uh, last week we had, we had a couple slumps going on, and we, were, we've, we went through the process and, you know, let, you know, let's break it down, whatever. And tell me how you feel about this. I was like, Dude, you need to get a haircut. I was like, <laughs> I he's, he's talking about me. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, well, you look fresh. Yeah, I was thanks, like, you look great. You, you know, you. at some point you can only evaluate your process so much, and sometimes it's just it's just a dip in confidence. I'm like, go get yourself a haircut, put a $100 bill in your pocket, got to feel good, you got to look good, because people can tell when you're in a slump. Customers can tell. So we had a situation recently that's honestly not far off from that. There was a, a guy, it wasn't one of our DCs, but we had a guy on our team that, uh, that was looking kind of grungy. Um, and we said, hey, look, why don't you, why don't you clean yourself up? And yep. he cleaned up his beard, looked sharp, got a haircut, came back. And I'm not kidding, the next week he was our like, top producer on that team. Like it, was, it was night and day. There's something um, which was so that. funny to see, but yeah. it's, a, it's a big deal. And like having that, you know, I, I, I think about that as a customer, um, you are going to relate better with a customer just by looking better, but you're going to relate better with yourself too. I totally. mean, having, having that confidence and going in knowing like, I look good. <laughs> right. Totally. It's just, just a little bit of a reset. That's so important sometimes. So you talk about keeping filters clean. I mean, that's, that's one of them. Right. It's your, it's your mental filter. Right. Keep keep yeah. keep your image and your, your perception of yourself clean, sharp. Dude, I get a haircut every two weeks. Like clockwork. What do you think about that? I love it. I love it. I mean yeah. I did have a fifty percent closing ratio last month. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad of a slump. But um yeah. Getting a, it's you know, we talk about filters, you kind of view yourself through a cloudy lens when you're looking all scraggly and you know you yeah. all that stuff so yeah, it makes a difference yeah well, and, and that comes off and like you know the whole like max capacity model and we use the the lead turnover tracker and all those kinds of things that help give the the right opportunities to the right design consultant you know when when you get into a slump like it absolutely impacts how you're going to treat the next call unless you reset that filter unless you, right, totally. you know, struggle off the next play you you learn from the last one by by doing a curbside like it, unless you do that it really does you carry it with you onto that next call so i think it is so important i love the idea of getting a getting a haircut i'm gonna steal that yeah you know? and, and the hundred dollar bill in your pocket too makes a difference try that no, i haven't heard that. Yeah, there's something about carrying a hundred dollar bill in your pocket. It, you you know, walk I, like I, you're six inches taller when you got a hundred dollar yeah. bill in your pocket. I, I learned this long, early on in my sales careers. One of my mentors, and 15 years ago, was like, "Dude, put a hundred dollar bill in your pocket. You feel great." And now, now I've gotten to the point where I got to put a few in there to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> the effect wears off after a while. Right. How, how often 
you have to up a hundred dollars. I don't, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> after each haircut. After each haircut. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> um, so, Alex, tell me this. Um, what what's one thing people can do start doing today to be more successful? If it's a, a design consultant, a service tech, what one thing start today? What's it going to be? Put you on the spot. Write gratitudes. Go Tigers! Honestly, like uh, you know, I I can't say I, I do everything that I, I should do in the morning with fidelity, yeah. but the the gratitudes I know whenever I start my day with hey what are five or ten things that I'm I'm thankful for it reframes how I go about that morning um, it it makes me want to win from from step one I think a lot of times if if we don't start our day off well we get to noon and it's like huh maybe I should do something but I've mm. been so unproductive so far I don't really feel like doing anything at this point. If you start your day off with gratitudes, it, it for me, my gratitudes tend to be the reason that I that I work. Yeah. Um, so, getting focused in the morning that way just starts me off right. You know, puts the hundred dollar bill in my pocket in a way, um, and and gets me going in the right direction for that day. I'll I'll win more days starting gratitudes than any other. Awesome. So hey, we we didn't talk anything today about a sales process, but if people are listening, they do two things. Start your day off with gratitude, what you're thankful for, what you're grateful for. You're, you're dressed clean, sharp. You got a great haircut. You got a $100 bill in the pocket. What, what could go wrong, right? There's nothing that can go wrong. You're, nothing you're, can take you down. You are set up for success. So, uh, Alex, we'll, let you, uh, we'll leave you with, uh, with that, and we thank you for your time. Um, oh, I am hitting the wrong buttons. Now. Sorry, I'm changing. We're trying to get our... Uh, our <laughs> outro music going how is that technical difficulty technical but we, hey we appreciate you joining us today and for all those listeners alex darden where can they find you at alex what's your email yeah so it's alex alex at accutempbr.com awesome thank you my friend hey, we'll talk to you soon really appreciate it okay all right thanks alex really appreciate it